What's up, tailgaters? Welcome back to this podcast of the Homefield Tailgate here with Thomas Wilson. I'm Bertie Ellinger and Addison Harbor. Um, mm-hmm. This this episode is going to be pretty electric. We're going to kind of go into uh, the final four. We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. So Thomas, take it away. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, we're, we're excited to kind of cover the final four. There's a lot of storyline. I mean, obviously, you know, UNC and Duke are playing for the first time in the tournament. Coach K's last season. So that'll be fun to talk about. But just kind of touching base with the two of you. Like, how was y'all's weekend? What y'all been up to? Uh, Addison, why don't you start? My weekend was phenomenal. I left Thursday evening and went to uh, Nashville to visit my best friend, Birchie. Cool. Uh, I took off work Friday, uh, so that was nice. Very relaxing. For, um, and I just I hung out with uh, Miss Mary Morgan all day Friday. It was my birthday, and she treated me uh, to some, some new Tacovis boots, a wallet, and a nice dinner. And they were nice boots. And a visit to the Pancake Pantry. We go to the Pancake Pantry every time I go to Nashville. So that was uh, a lot of fun to go back there to our favorite breakfast place. I've still never been there. Fun fact. you got to go. You'll have to join us next time I'm in town. Because I promise promise we'll go uh, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. We'll be there. It's so early, yeah. What's your your go-to order at the Pancake Pantry? Uh, I get two eggs over easy. Uh, sausage and then chocolate chip pancakes. Awesome. I'm kind of looking at it right now. It looks really good. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Birchie, you need to go. Good. This looks really good. Are y'all There's pancakes? always a line out the door. I was driving because uh, I went to get my Tennessee license plate during lunch today. And I was driving past it and it was Monday at like 1145 and there was a long line out the door. Um, people are obviously tourists still, but like it's pretty crazy. There's what's always a line. What's your go-to breakfast? Me. Like your ideal breakfast. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Eggs, scrambled eggs. Okay. Maybe some bacon with a side okay. of syrup. I like to okay. get my bacon and syrup hot take. Yeah. I don't know if that is or not. Okay. Um, and then maybe like some avocado toast or something. I don't know. All right. Well, the, the first two things you can see this menu are eggs and bacon and avocado toast. <laughs> So you should definitely go to this restaurant. Uh, Bertie, the reason for the line, I mean, that's why we go so early, especially on, on Saturdays, is to, to beat all the people. So that's why we go, because we don't want to stand in line. Uh, Friday, we went a little later. We went like 8.30 or 9. And we, we, we had to stand in line for a few minutes, but not bad at all. Um, are y'all waffle or pancake people? Waffle. Waffle. Okay, if it's like the waffle from Waffle House, I'd go waffle, but like normally I'm more of a pancake guy. I like, I like which go ahead, Bertie. I would say none, but like if I had to pick one, it would be waffle. So Absolutely. are you more of like a, a toast person or like biscuit or yeah, I prefer like no bread, but I will wow, eat. wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, Addison. At least I say that. <laughs> I definitely prefer a nice fluffy pancake over a okay. waffle. Good fluffy thick pancakes. You so can't. you don't like like the really thin ones? No, no, I don't want a thin pancake. Um, I do like the Waffle House waffles because they're soft, but it does seem most places do waffles a little crispier. Right. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of a crispy waffle. I'm not either. Yeah. What is a crispy waffle? It's a waffle. You no, know, it's a waffle that's crispy. Like you know, like it's got no, that crunch to it. 
Is there again, you know, a waffle maker or, you know, toast or oven? Right. So people will, I guess, a waffle maker unless they're frozen. Yeah. Uh, but, if, you know, they usually get, because they're not very thick and they're being cooked both sides at the same time. So it usually gets a little crust, a little, right. a little crust to it. It's fair. But I would it's say, fair. like, I know it's called Waffle House, but as far as texture goes, like the waffles at Waffle House are very similar to what you see in an average pancake. Yeah, they're yeah. soft. They're soft waffles. That's fair. Usually. Um, Addison, what else should you do besides the pancake pantry? Pancake pantry. Uh, we went and toured the Ryman on Friday yes. as well. Oh, that was pretty that. cool. Got to see a little bit of music and national history. And then we went to the Marsh House Friday night, ate some oysters and some grouper. Uh, can't beat it with a stick, obviously. And then Saturday, I got to hang out with Queen Birchie for a little while. Queen Birch. We went to uh, Von Elrod's. I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. And then we went to Jonathan's right around the corner, watched some basketball and whatnot. Uh, so that was good to see Miss Birchie. And then Sunday, we went to church and went to brunch together. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, the brunch was pretty good. And then we... Expensive. It was a little pricey, a little bit. But it wasn't too... You got a lot of food. Yeah. Did you get what you pay for? Yeah. No, uh, I'm kind of taking notes right now for my trip to Nashville coming up, whenever it may be. Of what you I let need us to do know when that stops. is, Thomas. It's, it's, it's up in the air, but I need to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for people listening, Thomas just started his first day of work today. So tell us how it was. Yeah, I started a new job with um, it's a company called Avenod. It's uh, a joint venture between Microsoft and Accenture. It's essentially kind of like a tech consulting company. Um, so that's kind of like more aligned of like what I want to do for a career. I, I kind of love the idea of doing consulting, especially when you're young, because you get to see a bunch of different companies and how they work and stuff. So I'm really excited to start today with a bunch of just onboarding stuff. But, you know, as you all know, I've kind of, you know, not been working since, you know, the 28th of February. So it's, it's definitely fun to be doing something and, you know, having a reason to wake up early. And yeah, I'm excited. It was a really good day. That is insane to get that long without having a job. Yeah, 28 days. I was driving myself absolutely insane. What was the highlight of the four weeks off? What was your favorite thing that you did? Great question. That's a very good question. And I would say, um, you know, obviously, you know, I feel like I would get, you know, hurt if I didn't say this, which, you know, to the, be fully honest, probably the best part is, you know, going home, seeing the family. Birmingham was great. Um, more of like kind of like a fun thing was uh, when Colton and Will came to visit last weekend, we were at this particular bar and this random dude was drinking Lone Star. And um, it may, reminded me of this show called True Detective. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. The first season has Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as the headliners. It's the best standalone TV season of all time, in my opinion. But it reminded me of the show. I got Colton and Will to watch it. And um, yeah, now we kind of have like this Lone Star joke. It's not the best beer, but it gets the job done. Um, that's kind of a fun story. But, you know, as far as like day to day and like highlights and stuff, I, you know, just got into the routine of, you know, I guess like cleaning and stuff like that. So not really much I did, but um, it was a good break. And I'm glad that I'm working again. I don't know if that really answered your question, but I just kind of talked for a little bit. Thomas, when you tell me that the beer isn't isn't the best, but it gets the job done. Can right. you explain to me what the job is that the beer is doing? That's it's a great satis- question. It, 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 listen, listen, it, it satis- satisfies my quench of thirst. 
And it comes in a really cool can, you know, graphic design. I'm sure Birchie is incredible that I know she's great at that. So she can appreciate that. It's a symbolic to the state of Texas. So it gets the job done that um, in that way. But yeah, covers all the bases It, you know, I think it's 5% alcohol. So, you know, it's not too heavy, not too light. Um, yeah, it covers all the bases. Wow. Sounds like it really covers all the bases. Speaking of which, As, I found out yeah. today that uh, maybe it's the minor leagues. I think they're trying to make the bases bigger um, and they're moving second base very so interesting I, stuff. I don't so think they're a, moving second base, but I know they're banning the shift. They're banning the shift. They're banning the shift, and they are making the bases bigger in the new player owner bargaining agreement for Major League Baseball. Oh, it's still yes. pretty crazy. It is interesting stuff. Speaking of crazy, March Madness. I mean, this weekend was nuts, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I got to watch a lot of the games with Addison um, and Mary Morgan, which was really fun, um, and then watch some Ole Miss baseball on Sunday uh, where we lost terribly. But um, I think I think we need to get into it, talk about the Sweet, sweet 16 and Elite Eight. Um, overall, I had Gonzaga winning my bracket for home field tailgate, and that um, has sadly come to an end with Arkansas – uh, beating Gonzaga, but excited for the SEC um, since we typically don't make it this far. So, well, I said that, and then Baylor won last year. So I take everything I just said back. Well, Baylor's also in the Big 12, oh. so it's, it's okay. Why did I think they were in the SEC? You know, See, I, don't, I can't answer these questions. <laughs> um, Birchie, you have Villanova winning it all in your yeah. bracket. Oh, no, I don't. Yes, I do. I, okay, so I have too many brackets. No, Everything I just said, don't listen to. You've been talking so, a lot about Villanova. We'll get there. But Addison, go ahead. Bergie, also, so you have Villanova winning it all. I have Kansas winning it all. I also um, have Kansas they winning meet, it all. They meet in the Final Four. Bergie, you and I are the only ones that can win the bracket challenge. It's either going to be you or me. And it's all going to depend on the Kansas-Villanova game. Wow. Which is, when is that, on Friday? Thursday? Saturday. Saturday. What time? You know, why don't y'all talk, and I will figure that out. That game is at 5.09 on April the 2nd. Good. So, as I walk down the aisle for this wedding. You're getting married? No, sorry, not me. As I'm in this wedding, I will uh, have the game on. But yeah, I think I think it's going to be a good game. I think I'm going to win. Um, I had Gonzaga in my family bracket, and then I have Villanova in my work bracket, and this bracket apparently. So, what made you uh, what made you choose Gonzaga for your family bracket, uh, but Villanova for your work and home field tailgate bracket? Um, I'll expose myself here. So basically, when we had the podcast and we started talking about all the teams, I then made my family bracket afterwards gotcha. and picked Gonzaga okay. to win because I felt a little bit iffy about Villanova and I'd done the home field tailgate one first. So I felt really confident with them. And then y'all made me feel a little less confident with them. And now I'm feeling really good. So it's you either should. Addison and I, what happens if we win? Nothing. We don't, did we do, we didn't do that. I think, I think there should be a wager uh, for this game between the two. Oh, what's the punishment if somebody loses? Okay. So All right. I've got. I've got an idea. 
Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So you'll be in Oxford this weekend. After that, we're going to be at this wedding together. And then at, obviously at the reception together. And then maybe even on the square that night. Maybe. Loser has to. Oh, us. Loser, you and I. Okay. Yeah, it's the game. It comes down to you and me. All right. Loser has to buy the other person. Wait. Loser has to take two shots. Oh, come on. Come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. I can't do that. What if we did something else? (laughs) We'll come up with something off air. Um, I was talking about the loser of the home field tailgate bracket. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I meant like the last place, not second. Oh, the last place. Who's in last place right now? I think now? that's probably Fisher. Cold Blue's in last place, uh, and he's going okay. to stay in last place. Who does he have winning at all? Uh, He had Arizona. He doesn't have any nice. Final Four teams. He doesn't have any Final Four teams. Uh, he had Kentucky, Arizona in his final. Yes. His Final Four was Auburn, Arizona, Kentucky, and Gonzaga. Um. He only had one Elite Eight team, and that was Kansas. So, yeah. So, he's lost. He's already lost. Um, we should definitely give him some punishment. What do you all think it should be? Has he ever done the – I liked the Waffle House story that I hear everybody do, but mm. maybe somebody's already done that. You think I mean, Cole have to do the Waffle House? I don't think, think Cole Blue is going to do that, but I would be all for it if he did. Maybe – Maybe we have Cole Blue um, call in next week or when this is over. So it'll be not this week, but the next or two weeks from now. And he has to have an open Q&A of questions that we gain That's from a great our idea. users and followers. Yes. Okay. Great idea. We're doing that. Um, okay. Thomas, since you do not have, oh, you do have Kansas winning. I was going to see what's your take, but tell us why you picked Kansas. Uh, I thought that they had the easiest region to um, navigate in Auburn. The two seed in that bracket was very volatile. Um, so I felt good if they played them. And also Kansas just has been playing very well. They were the big 12 champions. Uh, they're very much of kind of a second half team. Like you saw this, you know, when they um, played this weekend, they were down against, they were down at one point versus um, Providence. They, they were up big. Providence came back. And absolutely destroyed them. They were down six at half versus Miami and went on a 45 to 17 run in the second half to win it. I just kind of feel like that team's never out of it. And it's Kansas. They have the athletes. They have an incredible coach. And that's kind of why I picked them moving forward. I don't know if I would pick them now um, as far as the final four goes. But when I saw the bracket as a whole, I kind of felt the best about them. Addison. I like Kansas to win it all. Why did I pick them? Actually, I like Gonzaga to win it all. I picked Kansas. In my original bracket, I picked Gonzaga to win it all that I was feeling good about. Then in my second bracket, I picked Kansas just because I think they have a really good team. They've been consistent all year. And they had an easy bracket, like Thomas said. Easiest path is when they haven't been tested. Kansas has not been tested at all. Um, I think maybe Creighton gave him a little bit of a test for a while, but Creighton's not very good. So no one ever really felt uh, too bad about that. I mean, um, hold on. Providence played them kind of close. They outscored 
I may have this wrong. I'm pretty sure they beat Miami in the second half, 47 to 15. 45 to 7. Wow. Or I have it right here. I just said it. You have it um, up. Yeah, I have it up. In the second half, they won 47 to 15. Yeah. 47 to 15. That yeah. is a phenomenal stat line. Yeah. Uh, so they're playing they, really good. Yeah. Like, like we talked about earlier, they were down six at half. They made adjustments and they just absolutely annihilated Miami in the second half. So the, and they're, is, they're shown capable to adapt to the game, to have a style of play, and kind of figure it out. And as far as brands go, this is possibly the best Final Four ever. You have four blue bloods. Villanova's a little bit more of a new blood, but they're, they've been pro- they're, they're, program over they've the past been, 10 years. They've been to three Final Fours. Can you explain what blue blood is? I was just about to ask that. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Do you want me to explain it or you tell and, us? And, no, in, in your eyes, Addison, who are the blue bloods in college basketball? Oh, so we actually had this discussion not that long ago, me and some of my buddies. Obviously, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, uh, UCLA, Kentucky, Kentucky um, Indiana. Historically, yes. Not so much recently, but as far as, as far as blue blood goes, like, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, historically, they're blue blood. Um, someone mentioned Georgetown being a blue blood. I don't know if I put them as a blue blood currently just because they've been so bad lately. Well, when I think um, of blue blood, like I try to put it into context of college football. So you have Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and I guess you could put Michigan in there, stuff like that. Like programs to where like no matter who the coach is, like they're not going to be terrible. Yeah. You know? And so I don't know if Indiana is in that right now. And certainly Georgetown's not in that right now. Definitely not. No, but they're in basketball name that you recognize. They oh, no, that that's the, yeah. But you recognize like Xavier when you hear blue blood. When you not blue blood when you hear college basketball. So would you consider St. Peter's a new blood? No. Or are we just like they're just the Cinderella team? We're just they are strictly the Cinderella team. Yeah. No. Okay. You've got to be consistent for an extended period of time to be a new blood. Good to know. Like Villanova's been to three of the past six Final Fours. Okay. For sure, they're a consistent basketball program. Uh, possibly the best program over the past 10 years in college basketball. They've been really good. Um, but And then you have, I mean, the match, there's going to be so many people watch the Duke-North Carolina game. It's going to be insane. Yeah. It's, it's the first time they've played in the tournament. Ever. And if Duke wins, wow. it'll be um, – like they'll forget about uh, – what? The loss, the last loss of the year at home against North Carolina. Oh, yeah, so true. Don't forget about that because they'll avenge it in the Final Four. So, that'd be cool. Um, and I never even thought this matchup was going to happen, looking at the brackets or anything. I didn't even think this was really a possibility, but it's awesome it's played out like that. Uh, also, this is Coach K's first Final Four in, in New Orleans. New Orleans has a good amount of Final Fours. For sure, they're one of the major locations. There was a stretch when – Duke went to seven out of nine Final Fours. The two years they didn't go were both in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, Dean Smith won while he was at North Carolina. And Bill Self. No, yeah, yeah, Bob Knight, my bad. You're right. Bob Knight won. Um, won but so. going to back what you were saying about that region, um, yeah, I I mean, when I first filled in my bracket, I had Kentucky winning this region. I wasn't really confident in Baylor. They ended up losing uh, to North Carolina in the second round. Um, UCLA while they were at the final four last year, I just felt like Kentucky with the roster they have and the talent 
and the coach that, you know, they had at Kentucky uh, was going to make it out of this bracket, but obviously they lost in the first round of St. Peter's. Good old St. Peter's. I was really mm -hmm. pulling for them. Yeah, they – great run, but it came to an end. That was – I mean, they never had a chance in that game. It was a blowout from start to finish. Yeah, it was pretty, yep. pretty bad. They hit a three to go down at like 20 at one point, and the crowd went crazy. I'll tell you what, though. That Purdue-St. Peter's game on – was it Friday night? I think it was Friday. was one of the best games I watched, like, in this tournament. It was, you know, competitive till the end. Uh, Purdue, yeah. it, it kind of looks like they figured it out towards the end, kind of going in the inside. That guy they had off the bench, I think Williams was his last name. I think he finished with about 20 points. But St. Peter's hit the shots when it mattered and ended up winning by three. Um, that was an awesome game. But, you know, like you said, like, you know, versus North Carolina with the guards that they have, it didn't really matter. They just kind of took control of the game. 11 million people watched that game on Saturday or Sunday. The only college football games that had more people watch were the playoff games, one of the conference championship games, and Michigan, Ohio State. Wow. Denny, you, uh, you said in our group message earlier, 11 million people watched that game. Yeah, 11 million. That's absolutely wild. Pretty electric. But it is very electric, Richie. But, um, you know, we've kind of talked about it as a whole with the Final Four. Uh, do y'all think it's best if we kind of break down each region, like what we saw, like, and then kind of transition into the final four? Like, who do we think is going to win each game and just kind of go from there? Yeah. I mean, we already touched on Kansas, um, Villanova, but UNC Duke, definitely. Right. I think that's part of you. Um, but the West region, like, you know, as Birchie kind of alluded to, Arkansas beat Gonzaga, go SEC. Uh, Gonzaga, you know, the number one overall seed. It seems like this has been a consistent thing for Gonzaga. They it can't really get over the top as far as winning a championship. Uh, Mark Few, how many Final Fours has he been to now? A lot. I'm not sure, but I can look it up real quick. Look it up. Like as you're talking, I saw a stat somewhere where, like you know, while it's tough because it, it, it seems like this year was it for Gonzaga. It was like win now or always be in this phase of like you know we're not going to win it all, but. I saw somewhere that, like, you know, it took years for Bill Self, Roy Williams, Coach K, like some of the best coaches of all time in college basketball, Bobby Knight. Um, it took them several times, like, you know, five to six times just to get to the Final Four to win it all. So, you know, I don't really think Gonzaga is going anywhere. I, I don't think that Mark Few's never going to win one. I think that's kind of, you know, dramatic. Um, it, it takes a lot to win a championship. Right. If you – I'm trying to think, like, I just feel like Coach K is such a um, – Everyone loves – well, at least I hear everyone loves Coach K. Everyone knows Coach K. Would you compare him to a Nick Saban? Or is that totally wrong to think that since maybe he doesn't have as many – So, uh, Coach, K has won five, Coach K has won five national championships. Uh, 13th Final Four this year. He's been to 13 Final Fours. He's been to two, by the way, Thomas. He's been to two. Okay. All right. Um yeah, Coach K, I think, went to five before he won one. Um, I think that's a very good comparison, Birchie. Uh, Nick Saban, he's won five at Alabama. No, he's won six at Alabama. He's won one at LSU. I think it's a really good comparison as far as dominance goes in you know whatever industry you're in. I think it's a very totally fair comparison. Okay, cool. Coach K statistically is the best college basketball coach all time. 
Um, he's had a, been acting really weird lately. Maybe it's his old age. He's been complaining about all the attention he's got, and yet he's brought the attention on himself. Yeah, he also a going yeah. away tour, like, and he's he been told acting like a complete jerk about it. Like, stop, you know, like y'all stop taking pictures of me. He's being bothered by all of it. I would, you know, all these teams, like, well, all these teams gave him, you know, like a going away, you know, thing, like acknowledged him. Uh, and he's like, oh, I hate that. But then he's going to complain because North Carolina didn't acknowledge him. So I, I want to say it's just his old age, but who knows? Um, I will have to say that I, um, this kind of talking about coaches and players, but I was watching a TikTok and it was Doug was one of the uh, media people were like, yeah, so how did you feel when you were, this is when they had just won against whoever it was, you, I don't even know. Um, and he jumped up on the table and started cheering at the fans. And the coach was like, oh, so you jumped up on the table, whatever. I just thought you could tell that they had like a good uh, friendship. And it seems like the team overall has like gotten a ton of money from this. And um, there's a lot of school spirit and stuff, which is, I thought was pretty awesome, even though they're out. But um, I just wanted to throw that in there as uh, something that I saw. No, yeah, that was that was very cool. And it's that looks like Birchie's frozen right now. Um, she's gonna kind of figure it out. Uh, but Duke takes over the West region. I I don't know if Addison mentioned this on the podcast. I know we talked about it earlier. Um, this is the first time that Coach K not only has been in New Orleans, I know we talked about that, but he also it's the first time he's won the West region. So, you know, kudos to him, I guess, for winning all four regions and making it to the final four in different years. Um, that's huge. As far as the East region goes, uh, UNC makes it out of that bracket versus St. Peter's. Birch just kind of talked about them. Hubert Davis is now the head coach. It's his first year there. It's the first time um, as a head coach. He, uh, he's going to the Final Four. He also went to the Final Four in 1991. Addison, can you tell me he won the national championship in 1991? Just a little fun fact for you. Was it North Carolina? It was Duke. Uh, it was Duke's first championship. The final four was UNLV, Kansas, Duke, and North Carolina. Kansas and Duke were in the national championship, and Duke won. Christian Leitner was the leading scorer. He was the kind of the MVP of the tournament that year. Mm. Wild. Who, who did he play for? Did he play Hubert at North Carolina? Hubert Davis, yeah, he played in North Carolina. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for Dean Smith. Right. Right. Yeah. What was his last year? Hubert Davis's last year? No, 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 no. Dean Smith. Dean Smith's last year. I think it's like 2000, but let me look it up. Because I, I know that – I know that um, he was the head coach until 1997, and then I think Roy Williams took over in 2003. So they kind of had a six-year span of not incompetence, of like kind of like inconsistency, I guess you could say, and then – Ninety-seven. Yeah. Wow. Ninety-seven was his last year. So. Should we uh, the yeah, that, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, so UNC makes it out of the East region, sets up for a very fun Final Four matchup versus Duke. As far as the South region goes, uh, 
Houston beat Arizona in the Sweet 16 pretty decisively, 72-60. Villanova beat Michigan, setting up for a Villanova versus Houston matchup in the Elite Eight. Villanova wins, but Justin Moore tears his Achilles. Uh, He's out for the Final Four, obviously, averaging almost 15 points a game, about five rebounds and two assists. So huge loss for them. Uh, That really stinks. He's a great player, kind of a ball facilitator for them. Uh, But, you know, Villanova plays really good basketball. They kind of control the pace of play. It should be fun versus Kansas. It's going to be a really good game. Can't wait to win. Um. Midwest, we have Kansas coming out of mm-hmm. of that section. They they beat Providence sixty six to sixty one. Miami beats Iowa State seventy to fifty six. Um, and Kansas advancing to the Final Four over Miami. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. and we we kind of talked about Kansas earlier. They they have those dominant runs of where the game kind of seems like it's getting away from them, and they take control of it. They're the only one seed to make it out of uh, their region into the final four. Again, we talked about this earlier, but they, you know, they, in, in our opinion, had the easiest region as far as that goes. Uh, they, they have a big match of a four and a half point favorite versus Villanova. Uh, should be a fun game. I will say this, add on to Kansas. It didn't seem like they played their best basketball even until yeah. the second half against Miami, and even then they left some points on the board. So they yeah. might be peaking at the right time going into the Final Four. Possibly, but basketball, you never know. They come out and be cold Saturday. It's true. We'll find out. It's not Berkey, what time's what time's the wedding? Um, I want to. I think it's five thirty. All right. Yeah. So I'll be have my phone watching this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let's of it, and then I'll walk. I'll have to be in the wedding. But let's start with Villanova Just versus give Kansas. Some, give me some hand signals in the pews so I can see what's going on. Right. All right. Yeah. You're yeah. rooting. You're rooting for Villanova. Yes. So if Villanova's doing good, I'll just give you thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Okay. So um, Villanova, we'll we'll start with that game because Duke and UNC is definitely the headliner. We'll we'll spend more time talking about that. Uh, Kansas opened as a four and a half point favorite versus uh, Villanova. Uh, I I kind of like Kansas to cover. Sorry, Virtue. I I think that Justin Moore being out a, a lot for them. Um, and you Kansas don't have to just say sorry to right me, time. but when you lose, then then I can say you know you should have picked Villanova. That's, but that's I, I'll I'll say you were right. But when Kansas wins, I expect you to say that Addison and I were right too. Uh, we'll see. Okay, very fair. Addison, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I was kind of just looking at some of the stats. Um, Kansas is a much better offensive team. Villanova's a slightly better defensive team. Over the last five, though, Villanova's been locked in on defense uh, the last five games, giving up uh, 48, 60, 61, 55, and 44 to Houston. Yeah. Um, I think Kansas, Villanova's probably yeah. going to control the pace of play. Yeah, Kansas has not been as good on defense. Uh, but they are really good on offense, averaging over 78 points a game um, and then just giving up only 59 and shooting 48% from the field. Uh, really good. They have really good stats. Uh, on paper, they look to be better than Villanova for the most part. Villanova's an older team, though, correct? Right. Yeah, they have this one guy that I feel like has been there forever. I'm looking it up right now. Keep keep talking a little bit while I look it up. 
Um, I don't really have much to add except I'm rooting for uh, Kansas. We already know that I've got Villanova. So um, I don't know. I felt good about them from the start. Um, I think my gut's always right. So uh, I think I have it in the bag here, but um, the boys seem to think otherwise. So um, when I win, y'all just remember I voted against them. And last time this happened, who was right? Me. You were right. um, So the guy I'm thinking about is Colin Galipsy. He's number two. He's a guard. Mm -hmm. He's been pretty much a full-time player since 2017, 2018. Um, Averaging since 2018, 2019, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. Now it's up to like 33, 34. Um, Yeah. So he, he's been there forever. If you think of Villanova recently, I, I tend to think of this guy and that, that Jenkins dude who hit the, 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 the buzzer beater to beat North Carolina national championship in 2016. Uh, but he's still there. Awesome. Should we move on to the big game? The big game. Duke, Duke versus. NC. Right. How did Duke, we get here guys? How did we get here? Uh, Arguably, not really arguably, you can say Kansas versus Kentucky is the biggest rivalry in college basketball. I tend to think Duke versus North Carolina is the biggest rivalry in college football. They played two times this year. College basketball. Duke and North Carolina is easily the biggest rivalry in college right. basketball. Right. Oh, I completely agree. So they, they're obviously both in the ACC. They are just, just guessed. I think we've talked about this before in the podcast, but do y'all know how far they are in distance from one another? Not far at all. Just a few miles. They are 12.4 miles away from each other. I did not realize that. Yeah. So it takes you roughly 25 minutes uh, to get from campus to campus. For this what game. is, yeah. but Duke's not in Chapel Hill. Where's Duke? What? Duke's in Raleigh, North Carolina. I believe. Let me check. Oh, yeah. They're just right down Tobacco Road from each other. Wow. That is crazy. It's in Durham. Excuse me. Durham, yeah. Um, Durham. So the first time they played was at North Carolina. Duke won by 20, 87, 67. Like Addison already mentioned this, Coach K's last game in Cameron Indoor Stadium. North Carolina won 94-81. If you look at the series matchup within the last 110 games, I believe each team has 55 wins. So it's almost identical. The points, I think Duke has six or seven more points total in the series over the last 110 games. They come in as a four-point favorite. Uh, Addison, what are your initial thoughts? You're, You're on mute. mute. <laughs> I imagine Duke's going to win uh, and bounce back. Although I would, I would, I have Duke in my championship game, but I would rather see North Carolina win this game and see. Why is that? Uh, I'm just, I just want Coach K to be done. I, I don't want him to win a national championship as last year, for sure. That's fair. Um, and I think it's just perfect if North Carolina beats him again. Right. How? But imagine how mad would that be and, for Coach K? Oh, that would be so sad for him, but so happy for everyone else. Um, I really hope that happens. I hope. I hope he. Lo- I hope his last two losses as the Duke coach. Uh, well, two of his last three losses are both to North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of side with Addison. I think Duke's going to win this game. As far as storybook endings go, it makes, you know, perfect sense from, like, a script, I guess, that Duke and North Carolina reach the Final Four to face each other in Coach K's last season, and Coach K wins it on his 
uh, title run to, you know, finish a great career, greatest coach of all time. But I, I don't like that. I hope it doesn't happen. I, you know, growing up, I kind of liked North Carolina. Uh, my parents kind of met in the area. Uh, and one of my buddies growing up in Massachusetts was a big North Carolina fan. So I kind of rooted for North Carolina. Not a huge North Carolina fan now, uh, but I always grew up kind of hating Duke. So I kind of hope they lose. Why are you not as big of a UNC fan now? Something happened or? I went to college and became a rebel. It's fair. Yeah. Birchie, what do you think? The line for this game came out with 12 minutes to go in the North Carolina game. Dang. Like, because oh. it was just over. So they went ahead and, like, Vegas was like, here's a line. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty good. I want UNC to win as well. Uh, kind of the same situation. I don't really know the ties that I have to UNC, but I just grew up. My brothers always liked UNC. Uh, we have a bunch of, like, Tar Heel hats in the closet, whatever. Um, so just always liked UNC over Duke. Um, yeah, I think they were a little bit unexpected, and and I like that, and and I want them to win. Um, always pulling for the underdog. So um, definitely want UNC to win win this game. But part of me thinks I have Duke in my Final Four, so um, I think it's Duke Villanova. Is that right, Addison? Are you looking? I definitely the score that I have is wrong, but. I think I have Duke Villanova as he's looking. No, but, um, you had Gonzaga Villanova. You did have Duke. Uh, no, you didn't have Duke in your Final Four. You had Villanova Kansas, correct? Um, yeah. So you had the bottom half correct, but not the top. Wow. Um, your, your projected final score is 97 to 88 for your championship tiebreaker. Yeah, I don't know why I picked that. It'll have to go to overtime once or twice for that to happen. Anything can happen, dude. Virtue, you're in the 88 percentile, so that's good. I'm smart. How many picks you've got, right? Virtue is very um, smart. All thanks to the podcast. <laughs> in my sports, I grew up with two brothers. Um, I'm going to kind of go off for a second and talk about baseball, unless you all have anything. No, um, go for it. So – not that I watch baseball very often, but um, just wanted to touch for the Ole Miss fans to touch on um, the game. Tennessee and Ole Miss thought it was really funny that Lane Kiffin threw a golf ball um, as his uh, game pitch, whatever it's called, first throw. And um, I saw a student dressed up in a mustard costume. Um, just thought that was pretty awesome. Now Tennessee's ranked number one because we really stink. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was, like, fun to watch or anything because it really wasn't. But um, overall, it was a good day, and um, sad we are not good um, at baseball. But I also think it kind of goes with the Ole Miss um, fan base of, you know, getting really excited, thinking we're going to be really good, and then we're really bad, and then we get sad. Um, and it's just kind of like a vicious cycle. But um, that's kind of all I had with that. I'll say this. Tennessee is definitely – the best team in college baseball right now um, and probably will be there. What do you think about playing Vandy? Do you think Vandy will, will beat them or? No. Vandy lost the series to the team that Tennessee just swept last weekend, South Carolina, which I, I know that's not exactly how this works, but um, I mean, Tennessee is unbelievably good. So I agree. I think that 
almost his pitching isn't where it needs to be to compete for a national championship. And I think I read somewhere that Ole Miss kind of relies a lot on the home run ball as far as scoring runs. And I think that was very relevant this series, especially uh, losing by double digits on Friday and Saturday and then barely losing on Sunday. I will say this, though. So Mississippi State got swept by Arkansas last year uh, at a, at home series and Mississippi State ended up winning the national championship. So it's not entirely over. Um, you know, there's still that silver lining. But as far as right now, like current date, as far as almost getting swept this weekend, there's a lot of questions that are left undone and a lot of things that need to be fixed. I think that's fair to say. I would say this. I would rather them be bad now and get hot later in the year. That's what you're supposed to do the baseball team. Uh, so hopefully this will be really sobering, wake them up, and they can get it going from here on out. The pitching will have to step up. Um, I was more – like, obviously, I, I didn't, wasn't very high on the pitching going into this. What they did well, – how well Tennessee at the ball against them was a little demoralizing. It was more demoralizing, though, how, that the offense underperformed like that. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. It's still early. Um, Ole Miss is now – you know, there's several rankings as far as college baseball goes. Apparently, D1 is supposed to be like the ideal and the best one. Ole Miss is now ranked 10th in the D1 poll. Uh, take that for what you will. There's still a lot of SEC matchups to be played. But like Addison said, um, pitching is a huge concern. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, another concern. Did you all watch the Oscars last night? So I, I didn't watch the Oscars, but I, I know what you're alluding to because I saw it all over Twitter. Uh, Birchie, can you kind of break it down for us, though? Yeah, as someone who also didn't watch the Oscars, I did watch a good clip of it this morning. Um, and I never usually know when it is, but everyone kept asking about asking me about it yesterday. So to me, it's kind of crazy that so much had happened. But I've heard a lot of different stories. I need to do more research. But basically what happened was... Um, I don't know who was speaking. Uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, guy from Madagascar. Um, he was making jokes, made a a hot take at a at Will Smith's wife. Um, something about GI Joe. I don't even know. I'm not doing a good job explaining. GI Jane. GI Jane. And anyway, you could tell right away as he made the joke that. She did not think it was funny. Will Smith he was thought, laughing. He thought it was funny originally. But yeah. here's the thing. He could have been, I've heard so many things. He could have not heard the joke fully and just been laughing with everyone else. Some people have said that. Then I also heard that um, his wife has alopecia, which is when your hair like. Yeah. And so hence, like. Hence the G.I. Jane analogy. Yes. Yes. Um, and so it's like, okay, don't say that. Um, but anyway, then he starts walking up. You could tell Chris Rock had no idea what was happening. He slaps him in the face, um, sits down, says like, get your, get my wife's name out of your mouth, calling a bunch of words. Um, as Chris Rock says, he just got punched or slapped in the face. They cut off the cameras, um, and all the audio, but in Australia, they kept filming it. So you could kind of see exactly what happened. And then, Denzel Washington during the commercial break went up and talked to Will Smith and was like, Hey, sometimes like when you're at your highest moment, like you get really heated Mm -hmm. up and stuff. So like make sure. So, so you think it was real. You don't think it was staged. No, I don't think it's staged. Okay. 
I don't, I don't think it was either. I mean, Will Smith went on to win best male actor uh, for his film, uh, kind of portraying the father of the, the Williams twins. Like I forget what the film's called, but the Williams twins, obviously Serena and Venus, great tennis athletes for our generation. Uh, he won, yeah, he won best male actor or best actor in general uh, for that role. I don't think he would do that knowing that he was in contention uh, for that award. Yeah, I don't think he, I think he was just like pretty frustrated and saw that it hurt his wife's feelings. But then there's that part of comedy of like, you have to realize that's what comes with it. And like, sometimes you just kind of got to take a joke and let it go. But it's, I don't know, there's two sides to everything. And um, I don't know their history of their friendship, what it is or anything like that. So it could be um, a little more personal than we really know. Um, but then it's also like, why don't you take that off the screen? And like, it's fine if you want to slap him, but maybe when you know that it's on national television, like wait till after to slap him in my opinion. But anyway, I don't, I didn't, I don't know the full context. So I don't really have a, a side or anything. Um, but what, what were y'all's thoughts from it? There's definitely been a debate that it was staged because uh, of how bad the Oscars do as far as ratings and viewership go. Um, I, however, I think it was real because that seemed like real emotion mm-hmm. after the slap and what followed yeah, didn't it. Say anything. Yeah, you saw Chris how shocked Rock, Chris Rock was too. Chris Rock definitely seemed shocked. However, uh, part of the debate against it being staged is these are two professional actors. Fair. And but they're also real people. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, like they're professional yeah. actors. Yeah. So they're supposed to be able to show, you know, to fake emotion and whatnot. And you see, like, Chris Rock like has his hands behind his back, like never goes to defend himself or anything. Kind of just like let it happen. But I don't think he knew he was going to get slapped. Yeah, I don't think he knew he was going to get slapped either. But still, like if someone starts throwing a hand at you, like you're going to like go up or something, you know? At least right. And then he, and it appeared to be a pretty hard slap, but he kept his footing, you know, like kept his pivot foot, etc., uh, which is honestly impressive. Yeah. Um. But so that's why some people have said it's fake, but it. It definitely seemed real to me. It looks pretty real. Yeah. It felt real. I don't know. I think it was real. But let us know what y'all think in the comments. So, but that's all I have. Y'all got any other fun facts, things you want to talk about? I don't really have much. Uh, Scotty Scheffler has won three golf tournaments this year. He's the fastest player to ever get to the world number one ranking after his first win on tour. $6.2 $6.2 million um, this year or something like that. Yeah, so his career earnings going into this year was $8 million, and this year he's made $15 million. He's almost, doubled, he's almost doubled his earnings um, through like a month and a half of the season. It, t- it took him 45 days to reach world number one after his first win. He's the fastest to ever do that. Uh, he's playing really good golf going into the Masters next weekend. Also, yep. Tiger Woods was seen practicing, and it's not official that he's not playing. So until we hear otherwise, we have to assume yep. Tiger Woods is playing next so, weekend. A couple of things. One, Tiger Woods is on the Masters app as far as active players. Whether he plays or not, we're not sure yet. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, can you guess where he went to high school? I don't know where he went to high school, but he played golf at University of Texas. He went to Highland Park High School, which is right there. Right next door. Right next door. Yep. I'm yeah, not sure so, Y'all saw this or not, but Baker Mayfield – this is really funny. Baker Mayfield did a uh, a bracket, you know, because this was the match play, so there's a bracket for it and all. Baker Mayfield did a bracket, yeah. and I'm pretty sure he picked Scotty Scheffler to win, which is pretty impressive. 
Um, but he also on his graphic, it just said NFL quarterback because he doesn't have a team right now. And I, just, ah. I thought that was hilarious. I, I got a kick out of that. Wow. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's been listening. Uh, it's, it's been a great week. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, homefield underscore tailgate, um, Twitter, HFT underscore official, and Spotify so you can be notified every single time uh, we post an episode every Monday. Um, so, yeah, thanks for joining. <laughs>